What's up, everybody, and welcome back to God, Drugs, Laughs. I am your host, Rob Christie, alongside No Matt. Wah, wah. I guess you could say your co-host today is COVID. Unfortunately, my family has been battling COVID for the past two weeks, and I didn't feel comfortable having Matt come over um, or even asking him because I know he would because he loves you guys and he wouldn't want to miss an episode. So I figured I'd just go ahead and record one solo uh, so we won't miss this week as well. And to give you a heads up on what we'll do, we'll have the same format in a minute. We'll look at or I'll try to answer five questions that you have uh, for us this week, and then we'll get into our topic of the week, which will be mental health. I figured that'd be a good one for me to talk on solo, uh, since it's something that is a, a huge part in my life, and I know it's a huge part in a lot of our listeners' lives, and so I'll just tell you about some of those struggles, and then I'll tell you how you know, I combat some of those thoughts and try to live a healthy life, even in the midst of my brain always racing. So without further ado, let's get into our first segment of the day. Welcome to Five Questions with Matt and Rob. Yeah, get up out of your seat. Shake it. By the way, thanks guys for your feedback on those segment jingles. Um, just something to have a little bit of fun. We want to have a show that's not just our show, but your show as well. And so if you have any feedback or things that you would like to hear or don't like, please don't hesitate to let us know. All right. So we're going to get to our five questions of the week. Here's number one. This comes from Dave in Tallahassee. My sister told me about your show, and I love it. Oh, thanks, Dave. What are some ways we can help get the word out about the podcast? Um, The greatest way, I would say, would uh, would probably be to subscribe to uh, whatever platform you're using. So, for instance, I use Apple, um, or excuse me, iTunes. And so the best way for me is to subscribe to the podcast there, and then that will automatically download the episode every week, which when you download the episode, that kind of gets your ranking higher, uh, the amount of downloads you have, as well as the um, rating. So if you can go on there and rate it five and, and give a little comment about the podcast, that would be awesome. Other ways are social media, which... Uh, We've been in this weird situation with Facebook lately because they have stopped allowing me to share things on the God Drugs Laughs page. Apparently, it is coming across as if we're promoting drugs. Uh, So (laughs) I've been in talks with them. So hopefully we'll get that worked out soon. But whenever we share an episode on Facebook or any other social media sites, if you could share that as well. Um, that would be awesome. And then third way I would say is, man, just tell people, you know, word of mouth, send it to people. You can send it through text or, um, however you communicate with folks. That would be awesome. and would be a huge help for us. All right. Question number two comes from Rachel in Duval. Duval. In case you don't know what that is. Uh, we are from Jacksonville, Florida, which is Duval County. So that's kind of our home calling uh, that we like to do here in Jacksonville. But here's one from Rachel. It says, hey guys, love the show. What are some things you guys like to do for fun? 
Well, thanks for asking, Rachel. Um, I can tell you, Matt, since he's not here, he is an outdoorsman. He likes fishing and getting on the water and things like that. So I know he would share that if he was here. For me, um, here recently, I've just decided to stop caring about what people think about me. That's pretty pretty good advice, right? Um, and so I've started to do things that I just love. Uh, one is music. And so I've been doing music pretty much my whole life. Um, I started rapping before Eminem was cool, which is interesting because I was a white rapper. Uh, so it wasn't a lot of good uh, feedback, but now that's a little more accepted, which is cool. And so I actually put out an EP uh, not too long ago. Uh, you can find it on iTunes or anywhere you find your music. It's called My Beautiful Nightmare. And here in a month or so, I'm going to be releasing my first LP called Becoming Me. Uh, I'm really excited about that project. Uh, put a lot of heart and soul into getting that done. So I would love for you guys to listen to that. Again, you can find me, Rob Christie, on iTunes or other places, and I will let you know when those songs are coming out. I will also maybe give you a rough cut at the end of this episode to let you hear one of them. And the other thing, um, podcasting, this has been a, a lot of fun for us. I love hanging out with Matt. Uh, he really is one of my best friends in the whole world. So it's just cool to be able to hang out and talk with him and, um, you know, talk to you guys and hear some feedback from y'all. So that's really been some fun stuff that we've been doing here lately. All right. Question number three from Ted and St. Augustine. <laughs> I grew up with this guy. So uh, it says, Rob, we all know you peed your pants in first grade, uh, which is not true. But what are some things you did to get in trouble when you were a kid? P.S. Leave me out of the stories. Teddy, good to hear from you, man. Um, and thanks for listening, bro. Didn't know you were a, a listener. So let me think. Uh, there's a lot. So I'll have a lot to share over our time as the podcast continues. But I, one thing that really got me in trouble when I was a ki kid was involved with my other siblings. So my mom used to smoke Virginia Slims. You know what I'm talking about? Those long, skinny cigarettes. Um, and we would take poppets. So remember, poppets are things you kind of th you throw on the ground at 4th of July um, that don't do much damage, but they make the big, loud pop. So we would sneak into her cigarette box and we would put poppets into her cigarettes. Um, and so, you know, we would obviously put a poppet in a cigarette that was, we'd make it stick out just a little bit so she knew she needs to pick that cigarette, right? So one day mom grabs her box of Virginia Slims. She's in need. She's got to get that smoke going, pulls it out, lights it up, and we're all sitting there, right, ready for it. And when she lights that thing up, pop! That thing goes everywhere. She screams and we go running because she would get ticked. She's, you know how much these cigarettes cost me? And uh, so that was one of the things that used to get us in trouble a lot. And I didn't really get in trouble for this one. But when I was a kid, uh, we went to a haunted house, you know, like they have at Halloween. So I love doing those now. But back when I was a kid, I was terrified. And so I finally worked up the courage to go to one of these. And I was standing in line with my brother at the mall to get in one. And they got like all these guys outside with those chainsaws coming after you. And I'm just shaking and, um, 
I have to go to the bathroom, but I didn't go. And so I ended up just peeing on myself. Um, and so we went into the haunted house. I already peed on myself and halfway through, I was so terrified. I saw an exit door and I ran out of it and left my brother in there. And the next morning I was staying at my dad's and we were waking up and going to do something and he grabbed my pants to put them back on me, which is your fault, dad. I should have had another pair of pants. Uh, but he saw they, why are these all wet? And I was like, I peed on myself at the haunted house last night. So <laughs> didn't really get in trouble, but it was embarrassing nonetheless. And question number three comes from Jay in Kentucky. What's up, Jay? We actually spent the summer in Kentucky. Uh, found out what a Kentucky waterfall is, which is <laughs> which is a mullet, uh, which a friend of mine that I met this summer, Caleb, had. It's so beautiful. Uh, business in the front, party in the back. And unfortunately, I could not pull that off anymore because I have no hair in the front. But anyways, Jay's question is, Rob, tell us about your COVID experience. All right. Well, thanks for asking, Jay. It has been an experience. So to let you in on that, uh, just kind of a two-week window. So first week, day one, Becca starts feeling, you know, symptoms of, uh, I guess you'd call them flu-like, you know, body aches. Uh, just not feeling very well, very fatigued. So she was kind of sleeping all day. She ended up going to get a test done. Um, like I said earlier, we had both been vaccinated. So I was under this false, um, you know, just understanding that, oh, you get the vaccination and you'll never get COVID, which that's just my lack of research, right? So that, that shows you how much you should listen to me on things. But so Becca went and got her um, COVID test. We had to wait like two or three days because here in Jacksonville, it is, uh, man, just a really bad time for that Delta variant that's going all around. And uh, she ended up testing positive. And so really the day she tested positive was when I started feeling bad, uh, started having flu-like symptoms. And I remember yelling to Becca across the room, Becca, I got COVID. And uh, so she was not happy to hear that. Uh, and for me, that first week, you know, we were uh, physically just, like I said, those body aches, we were um, having like chest burn or excuse me, heartburn, you know, where you're, it just kind of hurts in your chest and in your throat, uh, sore throat, respiratory issues, coughing a lot, um, really being um, just full of all the nasty stuff that goes on, you know, in your nasal front. And so that none of that was fun. Uh, but, you know, we were kind of managing and then we know that Brighton most likely has it as well. Uh, we never went to get her tested just because she hasn't had a fever. And we've talked to her pediatrician as well. Um, and she kind of has similar symptoms as far as we know as us. But that was kind of the physical side of things. So that first week, we kind of maintained, did what we could, slept when we could, helped brighten out, did all that. But then like you really start to feel that mental toll that it takes on you. Um, and especially being in my house where you're in a house of two people pleasers. And so we're both trying to uh, keep stuff inside so that the other person feels okay. And she's doing that and I'm doing that. And ultimately that explodes where we're like, ah, and, um, 
So we, you know, we worked out a schedule where I would be two hours on with Brighton and Beck would be two hours on with Brighton. And then while the other one was on, we'd obviously be off and sleeping and doing whatever we could be doing for me recording a podcast. So, um, but yeah, it was, I guess we weren't ready really for that mental toll and I'll get more into that as we get into our topic of the week. But thankfully we're coming out of the woods Um, we're feeling a lot better. I've been given the go ahead to return to work tomorrow. So I think really just getting back on a schedule, uh, will be good for me. But I do want to say to those who are out there struggling with COVID just, you know, and those who aren't, don't take it lightly. Um, you know, thank God that we were vaccinated because I can't imagine what it would have been like if we hadn't been vaccinated and somewhat prepared for it. Uh, because it really did take a toll on our bodies and on our mental health and all of that. Um, so prayers for you guys. Uh, get vaccinated um, if you can, and hopefully we'll get through this thing sooner rather than later. All right, question number four comes from, it says, L the Hardway from Raleigh. What's up, L the Hardway? I spent some time up in Raleigh. Um, his question is this, can you give us a heads up on future topics for the show? And are y'all open for suggestions? Uh, yes, definitely open for suggestions. So, um, let me finish reading the question. For instance, as a recovering addict myself, how do you guys fight to stay clean and sober on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, that's a great topic. I think that's one we're definitely doing pretty soon. Um, L the hard way. So we'll definitely put that on our maybe next week actually because we that's one we you know have been asked quite a few times on how we um, as recovering addicts and alcoholics stay clean and sober throughout the week. Um, some topics though, other than that, that are coming up. Just to answer your question, we're gonna have a friend of mine named Jonathan on uh, the show. Uh, he was a friend who really was uh, there. Th- for me throughout my um, dark, dark days of addiction. I mean, he was a guy where I I basically called him up and was like, dude, just forget about me. Leave me alone, right? I'm gone. I I don't want to talk to you. I don't want any help. I just want to go off and and do my own thing. Uh, But he never let up and he never uh, gave up on me. So we'll definitely have Jonathan on. And not only to talk about what it was like to be on the other side of helping somebody in the midst of addiction, but also to share um, his story. He's basically a, a guy who died and came back to life. Um, I won't get into much of it, but basically Jonathan was in his backyard and him and his um, daughter were out there playing, um, doing some work on the backyard and their dog jumped into their pool and the dog started freaking out. And so Jonathan jumped in to get the dog and uh, pulled through the dog out of the pool, uh, walked over to get out of the pool and he was electrocuted. So apparently the dog jumped in the pool, got electrocuted, felt that. And when Jonathan grabbed a hold of the pole to get out of the pool, he was actually electrocuted, um, literally died, went under the water for, I don't know how long it was, a couple minutes. Um, and it was just a, a cool God story on how he is actually still here with us. So like I said, I won't go into too much detail of that, but we're definitely going to have him on soon. And um, man, we're open to having you guys on. If you guys have a story or something you want to share, just let us know. 
Uh, but those are some of the topics that we're kind of focusing on right now. And uh, we look forward to bringing you a lot more in the future. And question fives comes <laughs> from an anonymous listener. Um, I have a feeling this might be one of my students, but it's an email. So the question says, um, Matt and Rob, when you were in middle school, what was in your locker? Second question, was there anything in your locker that wasn't supposed to be in your locker? <laughs> uh, we'll definitely have to ask Matt this when he's on next week, because I'm sure he probably had some pretty sketchy stuff in his locker. So uh, first part, what was my locker like? Um, it depends. Like if I didn't have a girlfriend, it was messy. I'm throwing everything in there, you know? Um, that was in my regular locker out in school. Now for my gym locker, oh, listen, I don't think guys in middle school, I don't think we ever washed our clothes. We smelled horrible. Uh, those, those middle school gym lockers just were nothing but, uh, disease and funk and nastiness. Uh, but for my locker out in the regular hallway, it was usually messy unless I had a girlfriend and then it was all nice and neat, you know, put together, um, had her little picture hanging up in my locker. Uh, did I ever have anything illegal in my locker? Well, this will date me. Um, I used to take my pager to school. So I would stash my pager into my locker so I wouldn't be found out, which is interesting because uh, really the only people paging me was my mom, one, and then my five friends at middle school. So I obviously just took my pager to school to act cool, but that was kind of what was in my locker when I was in middle school. In high school, I don't remember having a locker because I went to Terry Parker, but then I went to actually the school I teach at now, which we don't have lockers. So I can't tell you about my high school locker. But those were your five questions. If you want to send in a question, there's a couple ways you can do that. You can message us on Instagram or our Facebook page, God Drugs Laughs. You can also send us an email to goddrugslaughs at gmail.com. That email again, goddrugslaughs at gmail.com. And we would love to answer some of your questions on the air. Here is your topic of the week. All right. Our topic of the day is mental health, uh, which is a, a big topic for me. Probably wasn't until three years ago I started really trying to understand um, my personal mental health, um, what my struggles were, what I was battling, and really tried to begin to identify those things. And uh, really that journey into, you know, through counseling and through um, group work and things like that has really helped me to get to a point now where I'm much more of a stable person. Um, and so recently I just decided a big, scary thing um, to do in my life. Um, and and what that big frightening, terrifying um, thing that I decided to do was just to be completely open, completely honest, and be completely me. Good or bad, right or wrong, um, I wanted to be just who I am, right? And to 
one of the big things about doing this podcast is to really open up about those things. But for someone like me, that is scary. Um, and it's scary, especially because one of my battles with mental health is that I am constantly engulfed um, with thoughts of what you are thinking about me. What you were thinking about me is none of my business, really, is what I've been told, but I still struggle with that. And so I, it's not that I, I really want everybody to like me in the sense of, oh, everybody has to look at me in a positive way. I just don't want to let people down, which is just as unhealthy. Um, I don't want, because I, you know, maybe some of my thoughts and my um, beliefs on God are you know, my thoughts and beliefs on life, on family, on whatever that is may have changed uh, to impact somebody negatively. Um, but I've really just learned in this journey of mental health is I, I have to be real to myself and I don't have to open up to everybody, um, but it's something that I'm choosing to do. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, for right now, for me, it is a good thing. It's something that I'm going to do, like I said, um, <laughs> for this podcast, uh, share with you just uh, my thoughts, um, really, on where I've been and what I've been going through um, here the past few days, a few months, whatever that may be, um, and want to share that with you in hopes that it will help others to open up. And so I'm bringing myself as vulnerable to you. Uh, in hopes that it may help you, um, in hopes that I won't let you down if we don't agree on certain things that we used to agree on. So I'm just going to be honest and share with you five thoughts that I've had here recently um, and just share that thought and then talk on it a little bit and see if that might help um, not only me, but also you as well. One of the thoughts I've had recently is that I'm afraid that the only time I will find relief from my thoughts, um, from dread and from, you know, just the battle that I constantly have in my head is only through using substances, drugs, alcohol, what that may be. Now, that's a scary thought for those of you out there who love me, um, who care about me. I know it would be a scary thought for my wife to hear that. Um, but it's just one I've been wrestling with lately because I go through these times where I'm about, you know, doing really well, really well. And then it's like, I can't fight off the thoughts anymore. Um, I can't fight off the the hurricane that is going on in my head. And the only place that I think I can find relief from is going to use something that will numb myself out. So obviously I know I work a 12 step program. So I know a lot of all the lies that are wrapped up within that, but I'm just being honest <laughs> this, this podcast and telling, telling you what these thoughts are. I'm not saying they're right thoughts to have, but these are the thoughts that I have um, and it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough realizing that my brain is just wired differently than other people. And it's tough to realize that I can't 
just enjoy a day of sitting down with my daughter and my wife and enjoying that without my head spinning a thousand you know miles per minute miles per minute is that correct <laughs> but you know what i mean um and so just man it, and I, I know all the right things right god 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 um and i believe that but there are still at times where I, I feel so weak and I'm, I'm probably feeling really weak right now because of just going through what we just went through and, and still being a little weak, I'm sure physically and emotional. But that's one of the, the scary thoughts that I have that the only time that I'll find relief in life from my brain is using substances. Um, so the positive. So what do I do to combat that? Well, obviously, um, I know what drugs and alcohol and substances did to me, right? Um, it destroyed everything that I love. And I mean that, right? I was a pastor of a church that I loved, that I wanted to be there for the rest of my life. Um, and it took that away from me. It took um, just my livelihood away from me. Uh, you know, it took away, obviously, the most important things, uh, my relationship with God. It took away my relationship with my wife, with my family. Um, and it led me to do some horrible things. And so in the midst of those struggles of, man, I guess the only time I'll ever find relief in, is with drugs or substances, I remind myself that um, that's not true, Right. That there is relief. There is a a willingness to turn my life over to the care of God, to not follow what I think would be right for my life, which is, oh, using drugs and alcohol would help my life, but it's to actually turn my will and my care and the care of my life over to God. And what that has really helped me, you know, but that's a battle for me. I'm not like a guy with my relationship with God where I'm always like, man, I'm 100% in every day. You know, it's it's a daily fight. It's a daily battle um, going back and forth. Um, and that kind of leads me to my my second scary thought that I have. And, and that's the fact that I think that I will constantly use drugs and alcohol sporadically throughout my life. That's a scary thought that I have. Um, and I think that's because mentally I get exhausted fighting, you know, fighting to have a, a close relationship with God, fighting to work a 12-step program, fighting to go to the meetings that help me, fighting to um, meditate, fighting to do all these things. And I just get to a point where I get so fed up, so tired where I say, all right, I'm done. And I go back and I use drugs and alcohol. So that's been my pattern. Thankfully, um, I've had a, a good long stretch this time of not using. Um, but I'm starting starting to feel that just pull on me. Um, and it's been really scary to me because I don't want to, that to be the pattern of my life. I, I want to be able to live healthy and happy without the constant threat of of relapse. And so the ways that I combat that is to know that 
even though I'm tired and I'm weak, that I have people walking beside me that can help me. I could pick up a phone right now and call about 20 different guys that would be there and encourage me and to, um, you know, shoulder the weight of what I'm feeling currently. And it's also the reminder of what we're taught to play the tape through. And this goes for anybody in life, no matter what you struggle with, in that midst of that crisis where you have that decision to do something that's unhealthy or to not do it, tell yourself, well, okay, what will happen if I do this? So if I were to pick up and use right now, what would it do? What would make me a self-centered, self-righteous, egomaniac? I wouldn't care about you. I wouldn't care about my wife. I wouldn't care about my family um, because I wouldn't even care about myself. I might end up dead, whether that be through the substance, um, through the, the suicidal thoughts I have when I'm using. I wouldn't be able to uh, be there for not only my family, but I also wouldn't be able to be there for uh, my boys in class, which I love dearly. I wouldn't be able to be there for my friends. I wouldn't be able to. I'm basically, if I choose to use, I am choosing death over life. And so in the midst of those moments when you have that decision to make, like play the tape through. Like tonight, I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to get through these next few hours, um, God willingly. And I'm not going to use, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to feel so grateful that I didn't. Because when I use and I wake up the next day, I feel so defeated. And I go back into this cycle of um, dark thoughts, dark mental health periods of suicide, of dropping everything and leaving. And so I play the tape through because that helps me to go, nope, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. So whatever yours is, you know, for the most part, I know not everybody is going to be like, oh, I have this decision. Should I use drugs? Should I drink alcohol? Maybe it's, should I watch something that I shouldn't be watching? Maybe it's, should I um, eat something that I know I shouldn't be eating? eating? Should, it, maybe, should I hurt myself? Whatever it may be, just play the tape through. Reach out. Because not only do I have people on my side, I know you have people on your side. And so whenever those thoughts of, man, just I think I'm going to be in this perpetual cycle of staying clean and healthy for a long time and then going back for a short period. Staying clean and healthy for a long time and then going back for a short period. I play the tape through when I come to that decision, whether to whatever my crutch is to do that. And then I also reach out third negative or scary thought that I've been having recently um, is a feeling that I won't be around much longer. Now, one thing that addicts share, um, you know, those of us who have really been to the pits of hell, um, who have begged to die, <laughs> who have not wanted to be here anymore. I, I found a, a common bond in that I'm not afraid of dying like I once was. Um, 
you know, in some ways I welcome the idea and, and this is what I mean. Because I'm someone whose brain is wildly different, who my, my thoughts are always racing, I can't seem to find internal peace because of that. The thought of not having to deal with that anymore sounds beautiful. And so if I were to go out today, obviously I, I, I'd be so sad to leave everybody behind and those who depend on me, but man, just finally being at rest and in peace is something that causes us to really not fear death anymore. Um, so I don't fear death in the sense of, oh, I might not be around much longer because I'm going to go get in my car and get in an accident or COVID's going to take me out or any of these other things that would have been a huge um, weight on me in the past before, you know, my journey into the hell that I, I led my life into and back. Um, but lately, lately, I've been having this fear of leaving early due to my own hands. Now, that can mean two things. One, it can mean um, through using, right? Through indulging in drugs or alcohol, that can ultimately lead to my death. And so I I, I fear that. And um, that is a healthy fear, right? <laughs> That's a good fear to have, I believe. Um, so I don't go back to using drugs or alcohol. Um, the second thing is obviously via suicide. Now, um, I think this really came to mind lately because I've been talking to my father-in-law about uh, buying a gun to have at the house. Uh, um, you know, God forbid that I have to protect my family from from something. And when I really got into that idea of oh yeah, that would be a good idea to have that. The first thing that came to mind after that thought was, and it'd be good to have in case things get too hard and I'm ready to leave. So that's a negative thought, right? Uh, throughout these questions or, or these thoughts that I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing with you the negative and then how to combat that with a positive. And so the negative thought is, oh, yeah, that would be good to have a gun on hand in case I need it for myself. So what's the, what's the first positive outcome that should be from that or response from that thought is, well, I don't need to have a gun. And so I'm not going to. And so what are some ways not only to obviously do that um, in the sense of not owning a gun, but I need to tell somebody about that thought. You know, I need to tell those who are closest to me about that thought that I'm having. And ultimately, you know, suicide, suicidal thoughts don't really come to me unless I'm in the midst of using. Um, and thankfully, obviously, I'm not. And so it's not one that is really on my radar right now because I, I know that that only comes when things get really, really dark. And so uh, the other response to that thought is, don't use drugs and alcohol. If I don't do that, then I, I, I stay safe from coming to an early death at my own hands, which I don't want. Nobody wants. And it's, it's sad that that's a thought that I have on occasion. And it's not a fun one that I want to share with you. It's awkward, as you can probably tell, as I'm sharing that with you. 
But I know there's some of you who do have those thoughts. And there's some of you who don't, you know, want to reach out. You don't have anybody to tell that you're sharing those thoughts with. And so I would just encourage you to do that. You know, what are some ways if you are having thoughts of, oh, you know, an early demise or ending your own life? Counseling has helped me tremendously. And so first of all, I'd say find a counselor and you may have to go to two or three before you find one that you really connect with, but make sure you do that. Tell a friend, someone that loves you, someone that cares about you, that you often struggle with those thoughts. One thing I don't think I've shared with anybody, not because I was embarrassed, but I just has never been brought up, um, is the suicide help hotline. Uh, I utilized that one time in my life. Um, so, you know, if you're in the midst of it, don't know who to reach out to, you can do that. And that number, in case you don't know it, is 1-800-273-8255. Again, 1-800-273-8255. And so one time where I didn't know who to call or didn't know who to reach out to, um, I utilized that hotline and that was a good resource to help me. Um, in the midst of that struggle and to point me in the right direction and into the help that I needed. So uh, make sure you utilize that. You can always reach out to us. Like I said, I, I gave our email to you. I'll give it to you again. It's goddrugslaughs at gmail.com. You can reach out to us there if you just need somebody to talk to. And uh, we would love to connect with you and help in any way we can in that department. All right, number four. One fear that I have um, is sharing my journey, my God journey with people. So, of course, that the fear there is letting people down. Um, as I used to be a pastor, and so pastors stand up and say, "Hey, this is what I believe. This is what you should believe," and even though I wasn't necessarily that type of, of pastor, you know, I usually just got up and said, Hey, here's, you know, how much I struggle and here's how Jesus helps me in the midst of those struggles. Um, you know, it's still tough to kind of be open and honest about some of those. And, you know, I've begun to do that on this podcast. Um, when I shared my story in episode two, uh, but you know, just the relief that, I'm finding right now and where I am, I guess, is, is just to say, you know, I couldn't sit down and sign some document saying these are all of my doctrinal beliefs. I mean, right now I have just kind of narrowed it down to reading about Jesus and his actions and how he treated people and what he did. And you know, that has brought just such relief to my soul. It's such a, a beautiful thing to me um, to see how Jesus, you know, I, I just think about the story of Zacchaeus, right? Like, if you think about Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He was a Jewish tax collector, nonetheless. And so what that means is he lived in a place amongst other Jewish people who absolutely hated him. And they hated him for good reason, right? He was, you know, 
a guy who betrayed his people for what? For wealth. You know, he started working for the Romans. Not only was he working for the Romans, but he was working for the Romans and he was taxing his own people. And what is commonly known in those days is that the tax collectors would not only tax what was necessary for the Roman government, but they would also tax for themselves. And so I just think about Zacchaeus, right? He's protected, yes, by the Roman government, but everybody in his town, in his little village, wherever he was, despised him. He had no friends. And you know, that had to weigh on him, right? Like that had to weigh on him the fact that he had literally just made decisions that he probably never really wanted to, to get to a point where, man, now he feels so lowly about himself, probably hates himself. And, you know, I I read this story and I can relate to hating myself. And so what does Jesus do? You know, Jesus shows up. Does Jesus go over to Zacchaeus and condemn him and say, oh, I hate you like the rest of these people. Now Jesus sees Zacchaeus and he says, I want to go to your house for dinner tonight. Which means Jesus is saying, I care about you. I want your company. Which everybody in that audience would have said, Zacchaeus, you chose Zacchaeus? The worst of the worst here amongst us. And that gives me hope because I'm the worst of the worst amongst us. And those stories about Jesus choosing the unlikely. You know, I I think about when Jesus is in the temple and that people are going and they're giving their gifts, right? Their tithes and their offerings, what we would call them. And these people are going in and they're bringing in all this money and, and really making a show out of it. Say, look at me. I'm giving all this money, all of this and all of that. Look how godly I am even though they're not really given much because they're incredibly rich, filthy rich, and they're just given a little bit. But then in the midst of the story, this old widow walks up. She struggles to get to the point where she's going to give her money. And she drops in what is basically two pennies in our currency. And Jesus goes crazy. He's like, look, did you see that? Did you see what she just did? Because she was giving out of the overflow of her heart. And that made Jesus excited. Those are the people that Jesus is looking for. I mean, stories, I could go on and on and on. I mean, there's this pastor out there who had this uh, sermon that was great. And he was talking about the story where Jesus is standing next to Barabbas. So if you don't know this story, Jesus has uh, been arrested and they bring him out to the people. And there's this guy named Pilate and he has Jesus's life in his hands. And he says, here's Jesus, but we also have this tradition where I bring out someone else to you. 
Um, and you get to choose who I let go because he knew there was something different about Jesus and he didn't want, you know, to um, make any wrong decisions if this guy really was who he said he was. And so he brings up this guy named Barabbas and he's this, you know, just a man who has made a mess of his life. He has um, stolen stuff. He has just done um, horrendous things, been nothing but negative, nothing but choosing himself in his life, robbing people, stealing from people. And Pilate brings him out and he's like, who do you want? Which one should I let go? Jesus, the one who has done nothing but good, or Barabbas, who has done nothing but bad? And the crowd says, give us Barabbas. And you think about that story, it's like, man, what, what is going on there? And that's what this pastor is saying. Like, why would they pick Barabbas? And why is this even in the Bible? And then he said, it hit, hit him one day. And he said, I was reading this and I was looking at it. And I realized that I'm Barabbas. Right? Because Jesus comes and he says, hey, I'm going to take my life and give it to you. And now God will look at you as if you've never sinned, you've never done anything bad, you're good, you're spotless, right? And so Jesus is coming to give our life for his. So in this story, he's showing that. Barabbas goes free because we are Barabbas. I feel like what we're missing with all this, man, you got to believe like this. You got to do this to go to heaven, or you got to be this to have peace with God, or you have to follow this. I think we just miss this whole beauty of the story, personally for me, of who Jesus is. Now, this isn't a Christian podcast. We told you that. Um, Matt, you know, he um, reveres Jesus. He, he sees him as this great leader, great teacher, example for us, but he believes different things than I believe, and that's okay. That's why we have this platform. What I'm saying is, man, I may not agree with everything that I used to agree on. But what I'm leaning on right now is just this beauty of a God who cares far less about our standing in society, about what we have, about how many times we go to this church building, about what we do, but he cares about our heart. And all he cares about is that we love others like he loved us. And so that's where I am right now, you know, but I'm afraid to kind of get into the deeper points. Do I believe everybody goes to heaven or just these people who believe this way? Do I believe this or that? I mean, I don't want to get this wrapped up into a Christian doctrine show, but... I'm afraid to talk about those things. And so through this journey, I look forward to kind of getting into more of those topics. Uh, But for now, I'm just, man, I'm just trying to, as Jesus showed me as an example, humble myself, love others, care for the widows and the orphans and those in our world who don't have much and stop thinking of myself so much. It's kind of 
what my faith is right now. And the fifth one, the fifth fear that I am currently having. The fifth fear that I'm currently having, obviously, as a new dad is what kind of father I'm going to be. But one thing that I really want to do and really want to succeed at is being present in the life of my daughter. And I don't mean just being present in the sense of physically. Obviously, that's important. Many of us, we didn't have a present parent in our life. But I want to be present and engaged. I want to love her well. I want to be open and honest with her about my struggles. I want to prepare her to live a a life that is exciting and fun and fulfilled and focused on others, not just herself, because I know that is the secret of happiness. But my fears come in the sense of, man, sometimes I just want to run away. I want to pack up, I want to leave, go far, far from here. Or if I'm present, I want to do my own thing. I'm so selfish. You see that when you have a child, how selfish you are. And so those negative thoughts pop up. What do I do? I go to the positive, go to my tools, and I think, okay, what if I did leave? Obviously, it's going to hurt my daughter, hurt my family. Why would I leave? What would I be looking for? Something better? Because the best part of my life right now, I would leave behind. And the worst part, I'd take with me, me. And so I don't believe those lies or don't believe those things that pop in my head like I could find something better somewhere else. Those selfish lies. And I really go back to what we just talked about. Those teachings of humbling myself and knowing, you know, the secret of life is in giving and in loving and in serving. And nowhere else should I be doing that more than in my own household. And man, those times where I can get away from myself and focus in on my daughter, Bright and Grace, I feel so alive. But I have to combat those thoughts. And so as we end this, just I wanted to give you some of these negative thoughts or fears that pop in my head. And then some of the tools that I use to respond to those. And I hope that, you know, no matter what you're going through, that maybe, hopefully, (laughs) I wasn't just rambling on and that um, they were helpful to you. And um, we'll continue to share those as we do on our podcast. That's kind of why we're here, to share different thoughts, different views, Um, but ultimately just to be real, Hey, here's who we are. Here's what we struggle with. And this is how we, um, learn to live life on life terms, live differently in the sense of not giving into those negative thoughts, 
uh, those negative desires that we have. Um, there, and there really is just a whole system that we live by. You know, me and Matt will tell you about that. It's realizing that I am a shitty God. That my way and my path led me to hell. And it's realizing that my path that I was on was not sustainable. So instead of living my will, I want to live God's will. Instead of living my life the way I want to do it, I want to live it the way God wants me to do it. And then it's being honest about those. Man, you have to be honest about those struggles. You have to bring what is in the dark into the light so it loses its power over you. And you got to get real and you got to get honest. And you got to share those with somebody you genuinely love and trust in who's going to understand and be there. And then you got to be willing to do whatever it takes. You know, to go to people, to apologize, to remove these burdens from people and yourself. And then it's living your life focused on others, serving others, caring for others, not being wrapped up in your pride, but being wrapped up in God and whatever God is to you. Loving others and serving others. And that's a journey that we're on. And that's just a, a very small part of what we do on a weekly basis. Like I said, we're going to cover that next week on what we do to stay healthy, basically, on a weekly basis. Two guys who lived very, very unhealthy lives um, for many, many years, who by God's grace are now living healthy lives, and how we learned to do that and sharing that with you. So we'll do that next week. And uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I know wasn't much laughs in this. Hope it wasn't too heavy. Um, but I thought it might be a helpful conversation for us as we journey through this thing called life together. I have some suggestions, some suggestions for you and you and you. Here for 41 years, a whole lot of blood and a whole lot of tears. So, why don't you just sit right down in that chair? Let go of all your worries and your fears. I have some suggestions, some suggestions. For you and you and you Especially you in the back not listening Here are suggestions with Matt and Rob What better way to come out of a serious, serious conversation in our topic of the week than with a suggestion jingle? Yeah! All right, this is a special edition because I am going to give you suggestions in case you get COVID. Well, 
my first suggestion is do not get COVID ever. Just do not do it. Do whatever it takes to not get it. That's suggestion number one. Number two, if you do get COVID, uh, one thing that you should never, ever, ever do is tell your wife that she's being a little bit moody. Don't do that. That doesn't go well. It didn't go well for me, but thankfully, I survived. Number three, if you do get COVID, uh, one thing that helped me was um, some trail mix. Now, you will rarely, if ever, find me on the trail, um, but you will find me often on my recliner in my living room eating trail mix. And one of the best ones that I found lately is found in your snack aisle at Target. Now, the label of the trail mix will say Monster Trail Mix. And in there, you'll find some good stuff. Peanuts, you'll find these chocolate little chips, you'll find peanut chips, you'll find raisins. Uh, And as I'm saying this, it sounds a lot like every other trail mix, but I promise you there's something about this that makes it really, really good. Fourth suggestion, if you get COVID, make sure you have on a good set of PJs. Now, I personally wear what we call night pants around here, right? Guys, you should have a good set of night pants ready to throw on whenever you get COVID. Sit up in your recliner eating your monster um, trail mix, being nice to your wife, not saying stupid stuff like, hey, you're being moody, um, and then you'll survive. And so those are my suggestions for the week, COVID edition. All right, guys, that's going to end the show for us. I hope some of this was helpful for you as I flew solo. I really, really, really look forward to our co-host Matt being back next week uh, so we can go at it as a tag team, which we do best. Um, And so hope your week is good. Hope you guys stay happy, healthy, um, and just love somebody who is unlovable this week. And usually I'm the unlovable one. So make sure you love me Love you guys. See you next week. This has been the fourth episode of God Drugs Live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, don't leave. I completely forgot that I said I was going to leave a song at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to give you a song off uh, the album that I've been working on. So I sent all the tracks over to get mixed and mastered today. Haven't got them back, obviously. Uh, so this will be a very, very raw and uncut version of this song, which is titled Cain. The reason for that song title is when you go into uh, addiction therapy and, and rehab, one of the things the therapist will tell you to do is to name the person that you become when you are in active addiction. And so I chose to name that person uh, Cain uh, because I become an absolute monster. And so that version of myself is Kane. And so I wrote this song. If you know anything about hip hop, it's a, a diss song to Kane and how I'm I'm leaving Kane behind and how he can't run my life anymore. And so hope you enjoy the song again. The title is Kane and it's from my upcoming album called Becoming Me. Man, for real, for real. I ain't ever think it come to this. What you talking about? I don't sneak this, I say names. This one right here for that sucker cane. I don't sneak this, I 
I say name. This one right here for that sucker came. Character determines my destiny. That's what them old heads keep on telling me. But I'm gonna mess around, catch a felony. Seems like my instincts keep on failing me. I hit the block, but we ain't get shot. Sin City in my city is one of the hottest spots. From jump, blood in and blood out. Remember when we had them roaches running around our house? You betrayed a boy? Nah, never. For the women, for the fame, or for the cheddar. The streets yelling, come on, give us some more. Can't believe you switched sides and made me declare war. Pop taught me how to deal with my enemies. Never thought an enemy would be a friend of me. We'll come and get it. I pull out that chopper and let it rain till it's finished. You ain't my homie, you ain't my friend, you ain't my comrade. We had some good times, but them good times done turned bad. You ain't got nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. I'll have that 45 cocked up when you come outside. Remember in GA, you caught me slipping. You should've killed me there on the spot. Why you tripping? For real, I ain't think it come to this. My blood brother family, my closest confidant And you know this way deeper than rap It's either you or it's me and I ain't leaving like that Pac taught me how to deal with my enemies Never thought my enemy be a friend of me